Isn't that amazing? The creator of all things made the man that drove the nails in his hand, made the tree that was turned into a cross, created the iron that was made into the nails that pierced his flesh, gave people the voices who mocked him and cursed him, Yet He went to the cross for us. That's a loving God. I don't care what the Muslims said. Theirs is nothing but about hate. But our God is about love. He cares and loves us. Went to Calvary for us. What a Savior. Take your Bibles and turn with me now to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. If you're not, that's okay. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll begin reading in verse 25. Good to have each of you with us this morning. I think spring has sprung. Amen? Amen. We'll probably get a a few cold snaps, but uh, I'm I'm glad to see the warm weather. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25 says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Who is that, preacher? That's the one that Dale and him just sung about. That's the one he just sung about. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. This word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that whose things are that those things which uh, those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Verse 29 is our text this morning. It says, For our God is a consuming fire. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Shaking by a Consuming Fire. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for what you did at Calvary for us. We thank you that we serve a risen Savior. Lord, that tomb's empty. And Lord Jesus, we know you're at the right hand of the Father. We thank you for the many infallible truths where you showed yourself alive after the resurrection. Lord, we thank you so much that we can call you Savior, Lord, our God. Lord, I pray this morning you'd meet the needs of every person here. There may be somebody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. If they were to die today, they don't know that they go to heaven. Lord, I pray that you draw them to you. I pray, Lord, that you speak to their heart. Help them, Lord, to realize that you created them not to live and die and go to the devil's hell, but to live for you and to go to heaven one day. Lord, I pray that you draw them to you. Now, Lord, I pray every Christian in this room, Lord, that you would strengthen, that you would guide, that you would direct. Those who are watching by live stream, Lord, speak to their hearts also. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand here before you. Now, Lord, this is your church. This is your people. 
Lord, give me the words to say, hide me behind that cross. And Lord, may you be lifted up and exalted before the people. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for this. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We're living in some very shaky times. Uh, I believe that the Lord, is, though, is trying to get our attention. I believe He's trying to awaken us to what's going on. I believe He's trying to get the attention of the whole world, not just the church, but the whole world. You begin to look around, you begin to see all the different things taking place, and you see the struggles and the, that's happening. Things are so unstable in our world today that we, many times you wonder what's going to happen next. You, you think, well, I've seen it all. No, we haven't seen it all. And I believe that we're, we're standing on the cuspus of, of, the, of the possibility of, the, of a great shaking now with the different things taking place in the world. As I read and I hear the news, I can't help but think about that soon return of Jesus Christ. How that He's going to split that eastern sky, how He's going to call us out of here. You see, people talk about the second coming. Well, the second, the true second coming is when He comes back and, uh, and, and puts foot on the earth, but He's going to rapture the church out in the air. He's going to call us out of here. Those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior, we're going to get called out of here. That'll be before the tribulation period, but I believe that we're going to see a great shaking and going on and uh, beforehand, I think things are going to escalate a lot more. The Hebrew writer here has given some grave warnings and directions here in these verses, though. First of all, look here. There is one speaking from on high in our day. Look at verse 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. I believe the Lord Himself is speaking unto man, and, and I believe He's doing it in many different ways. You say, well, preacher, I, you know, I haven't heard anybody say that they've heard God's audible voice. I'm not talking about that. He's speaking by His Holy Spirit to the hearts of man, for one thing. Dealing with hearts. If you've ever, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, you're talking about that, well, I'm talking about that conviction in the heart that deals with those things in your life that shouldn't be there and bringing conviction in your life. I believe He's speaking from the, His Word, the, that you're holding on your lap maybe this morning, the Word of God, it's, it's there to guide us, to direct us, to speak to our hearts and to get us to understand what's going to take place in these last days. I believe He's speaking through preachers and those who will proclaim the Word of God and, and share the gospel with others. And maybe it, you know, each of us at work just telling different ones about what the Lord's done in our hearts and lives and, and that uh, uh, how He's coming back and how they can be saved, how they can know they're going to heaven when they die. He speaks through others. All the time. He's speaking through tragedies. Well, I'll tell you what, we've seen some tragedies as Russia's invaded Ukraine and different things happening there, and that's shaking things up. And, and now even, even China is, is strutting against the United States, and we even sent some F-15s that was loaded down with missiles and stuff on over in that area around Taiwan. Things begin to shake a little bit. Things are unruly and, unre and unrest. We've got, we've got different things that we're sending over to Ukraine, trying to fight, trying to knock things down, and it's getting on shaky ground. Even Putin himself uh, came out and he's blasted Israel, saying that he's, if, they don't, if he don't do, do what he wants them to do concerning this uh, Alexandrian church over there and that property and all that, that he's going to come in and do something. He better read Ezekiel 38 and 39 before he does. Amen. 
Then their, one of their generals just this week said that they're, they're going to try to take possibly Moldova or other places. A shaking. A shaking going on. He's speaking by the fulfilling of His Word in our day. He's speaking by natural disasters. Isn't it amazing? you got one place in the, in the United States burning up, another place flooding out. You got places with hurricanes and everything else and earthquakes. He speaks by the plagues that are going around the world and different things that's taking place. Uh, you can call, you say, well, in the, in the scripture, it talks about uh, pestilence and, uh, in the last days, and the COVID is a pestilence. It's a virus, it's a pestilence, it's a plague. The different things are taking, on, taking effect and shaking things up. But people have been, I, I, in my lifetime, I've never seen so many people shaken by anything as they've been shaken by the COVID. Shaken by different things, disrupting the world. The Lord so often uses the external shaking to speak to the heart of man. It's things in our own lives. Calling us to reality. Calling us to the place where we have to say, what if this happens and what about my life? Where am I with the Lord? There's this great warning that He gives us here to those who will the fact is that those who just ignore and take lightly the Lord as He calls and speaks, look in verse 25, He says, See that you refuse not Him that speaketh. He said, Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. He said, I'm trying to get your attention. He said, I'm knocking at your door. Trying to get your attention. Would you wake up? And He's trying to get our attention. He said, Be careful. If you refuse what I'm saying, be careful. Well, today we look around and you can tell people are just ignoring what's taking place. They're ignoring the Word of God. They're ignoring the Spirit of God. They're ignoring the, the thing, the signs of the times and different things that's going on. Verse 26 is for who, uh, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven and this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. He warns that there will be, that there'll come a, a shaking in the lives of all who will refuse him. We mean refusing preacher. Refuse him as Savior, first of all. Refuse to receive Jesus Christ as, as, as their Savior. I'll, I'll never forget the times of sitting down with that man and, and me and Brother Parker sitting down with the man and he was on oxygen. The family had called us to come talk to him and they, they, they said he's lost. He needs to be saved. And, and the doctors have given him three months to live. Would you come and talk to him? While we sit there and talk to him and gave him the word of God and, 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 and the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior with tears rolling down his face, he said, one of these days... He said, one of these days, he said, when I get better, he said, I'll come to your church and I'll get saved. The doctors had told him straight up, you got three months. Tops. Refusing. Refusing. He said, preacher, what happened? As far as I know, the man never got saved. Never got saved. Young man. Oh, uh, probably about size age when I was in high school. Jimmy Fitzpatrick. 
we, Jeff Parker and I had kind of waited around. We was in the locker room and we started talking to Jimmy. We'd talked to him before about the Lord and we was trying to, to get him to come to church, trying to, to, to point him to Christ, trying to see him get saved. And old Jimmy turned around to us and he said, leave me alone. He said, I don't want none of that stuff. It was at the end of the school year. Two weeks. They had to drag the bottom of the swimming area there in Clearwater Lake to recover his body. Refusing. He said, be careful what you refuse. The Lord gives warning. He says, be careful. He said, I'm going to shake things up now. He said, be careful. There's one speaking from on high. We better listen. The Christian who refuses to allow him to be Lord in their life after salvation, trying to live your life your own way instead of His way. Listen, He said, you better listen. He said, you better listen. In Hebrews 2 and verse 1, He says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, He said, how shall we escape? if we neglect so great salvation. He said, how, how are you going to escape? He said, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto them by, uh, to us by them that heard Him. He said, listen, Christian. He said, if you're neglecting what the Lord has done in your life, He said, be careful. Be careful. He said, there's a shaking coming. Be careful. If you think that things are shaking and Right now, and that we're on shaky ground, you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, you get into the Word of God and you begin to see what's going to take place. And I believe, yes, I believe that the Lord's going to catch us out here before the tribulation period. That the Christian won't have to go through the tribulation period. But if I read the Scripture right, there's going to be some difficult times and struggles beforehand that we'll face. The Lord's going to purify the church. And those who are not truly saved, they're going to flee it like a sinking ship. But those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and following Him, they'll hang in there. So praise the Lord, there are things that cannot be shaken. I don't know if you've ever been in, in probably about everybody around here in here today, you've probably been around an earthquake at some time in your life. I've been around a couple mild tremors, nothing really heavy, nothing really. I remember one day I was sitting at, at my workbench, I had a business and I was working at the workbench, working on some electronics and stuff and it sounded like somebody took, if you ever heard that sound of somebody taking like a, a big heavy uh, piece of steel and rolling across a concrete floor or, or a bowling ball across a concrete floor, that, that sound of that rumbling like that as it rolled across there, I heard that and I just stopped and then I started looking around and things began to shake. I was down in South, we lived down in Southeast Missouri, that's close to that New Madrid Fault. And that earthquake was where that New Madrid Fault was as it began to rumble and began to shake a little bit. It wasn't a bad one, and so it, it didn't tear anything up. But I'll tell you what, there's some things that's going to shake, but there's some things that's going to be unmovable. 
And I praise the Lord for that which is unmovable. Hey, listen, as I look around, people say, well, preacher, that's a negative message. No, my friend, it's a positive message because if you got a hold of something that won't shake, man, you ain't got the best. Amen? Amen. I don't know how they engineer those, those buildings. Roy could tell me probably he's in that engineering stuff and some of that thing, how that they, they can, those big old skyscrapers, they figure that they'll handle so many uh, magnitude uh, of earthquakes and those big skyscrapers and stuff and they'll sit there and they'll sway back and forth like that and never, never go anywhere. I don't want to chance it. I, I, I was on a tower one time and I used to climb tires, do work on some tires and stuff and I remember being up the top and a guy wire snapped on it. I had some tools in my hand. I dropped everything I had in my hands and just hung on. I was about 50 foot up in the air. When you're 50 foot up in the air, if you move two inches, it's like going from horizon to horizon. I wouldn't climb a tower for two years. The fact is, is that when things shake, it's a mess. But there in verse 27, he says, And, and this yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken. Otherwise, the Lord's going to shake some things, and He's going to remove them as things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receive a kingdom. Notice that. It says we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So the world can shake until it crumbles into the dust. But there's some things, my friend, and, and the one thing that I'm thinking about right now that cannot be shaken, that will never crumble, is Jesus Christ and salvation through His shed blood, the hope that we have through Jesus Christ throughout eternity. And there's a kingdom that He has for us that will never be shaken, that will never fall apart, that will never crumble. Hey, listen, we have a, a Savior that can never be moved. See, the Lord's about ready to shake everything that man has. You can have bank accounts, it's, 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 it can get pretty shaky. Things get bad enough, they, you can lose everything you got in the bank overnight. You got stuck, so I got stocks, preacher, but hey, they're pretty shaky right now. Well, I've got this, and I got, hey, it's pretty shaky right now. Well, you know, I own this and that. Hey, listen, you realize that in some countries, they just come in and take it overnight. You say, yeah, but we live in America. That doesn't mean things can't change. And it's possible during the shaking. To me, people and indulging Christians, living, not living for the Lord, are building their lives on things that can be shaken and tumble. But I've got that kingdom that can't be moved. I have a salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ that will stand when everything else falls apart. It hurt yesterday morning when we got the phone call from Brother Sam. His mom had passed away. It hurt. But I'm going to tell you something. I, knew, I know Brother Tim's hurting. I know Brother Sam and the family's hurting, his brothers, his sisters. But there's a foundation that their lives have been built on in Jesus Christ. That cannot be shaken, cannot be moved. There's a hope because they're going to see Yvette again. There's a hope. 
Well, I'll tell you what, the people today are living in times when everything is crashing around them because their life is built on things and built on money and built on this and built on that instead of being built on the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got homes in America that are crumbling all around us and people lose their children because it's not built on the, on the solid foundation, that solid rock of Jesus Christ. Well, we need to build. Build our lives on things that cannot be moved, that cannot be pushed away from us. And salvation. Jesus Christ went to Calvary for your sins and my sins. We might have eternal life. Oh, this world has their ways of saying that they're going to, they got eternal life and it may be through a man, uh, some other man, maybe through their little idols and different things of that nature. But my friend, I want you to understand something. Hey, listen, it's only through Jesus Christ and his shed blood as he went to Calvary, took your sins and my sins upon him and died in our place. It's called a substitutionary death. And He died in our place and that we might have eternal life. And His shed blood is, was sinless blood. And because of that sinless blood, the Bible says that almost all things are, 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 are purged or cleansed by the, the shedding of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And my friend, I understand this morning that through the blood of Jesus Christ, if you receive Him as Savior, He washes you white as snow. He cleanses you up. Hey, listen, and He sets you on a solid rock. He's built you on a foundation of Himself. Unmovable. Unmovable. This morning, if you'll know Jesus Christ, He went to Calvary for you. He may be trying to shake your heart, shake your mind to get you to realize you need Him. We have the very Word of God, the Bible. Well, I'll tell you what, this world has tried to destroy this thing. You say, that, bu that book you're holding in hand? Yes, that's book, this Bible. The world hates this book. Satan hates this book. Because the Bible tells us that it was settled in heaven long ago. He said that he, uh, that he doesn't change and the Word of God doesn't change. This world is trying to change it. But my friend, it's still as solid as it ever was. It just needs to be preached. It just needs to be read. It just needs to be put in our hearts. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119, 11. It's a, word unto, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. To guide us and direct us. Oh, my soul this morning. Hey, listen, we need to take a hold of something that's going to give us direction. I don't know if you've ever put together some little kid's toy or whatever it is or something else that you got at home and you got these little instructions and you try to read them things. I mean, you take them, you look at them like that, and you turn them this way, you look at them like that, and you turn them this way and look at them like that, and they don't make any sense. So you just launch out and start putting that thing together yourself. You look at it, man, I got it. What's all this other stuff left? <laughs> Wife comes and says, what's all the other stuff left? Spare parts. <laughs> Spare parts. The thing falls apart. And she says, where's those spare parts? My friend, the only thing that's going to last is the Word of God. We have a hope that is steadfast and sure. I don't hope in this life of things that I can get. My hope's not in my house. My hope's not in my car. My hope's not in, in all the things, that, that, that the bank account or anything else. But my hope is in Jesus Christ. 
We have a hope that is steadfast. Hebrews 6, 19 says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth not into within the veil, which entereth into the veil. That hope is Jesus Christ, and he has a kingdom that awaits all who have received him. There's consuming fire that's going to do the shaking, though. Preacher, is it just one of those things, one of those things where this rocky shelf is going to move across this rocky shelf? Can I tell you what? There's a rock that's going to move, but that rock is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And the fact of it is, it's a consuming fire that is going to move in in the hearts and lives of people. In in verse 29, it says, For our God is a consuming fire. The Lord wants to destroy this old earth with a flood. I was coming back from... Boonville the other night in Janine, I talked to her and said, I'm on my way home. I said, what, why'd you do that for? Because I wanted her to hold some of the food for me because I knew Hunter would eat the rest of it up. <laughs> she said, did you, see the, did you see the rainbow? And I was on the wrong side. I said, no, I can't see it. You know what that rainbow's there? It was a promise from God that he would never destroy this world again with a flood. Guess what? We've had floods and floods and floods, but he's never destroyed the world with a flood. But my friend, one day he's going to shake it and he's going to destroy it with a fire. He's a consuming fire. Second Peter chapter 3 tells us of this. It says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, which, which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? He said, look, when you get to think about it, if God's going to shake his whole thing up, if he's going to destroy it, he said, what do you ought to be doing? He's looking for that hastening unto the coming day, coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. He said, preacher, what's he talking about? Tribulation period, you get to looking at it, he's going to burn a bunch of it up. I don't want to be a part of that. He's a consuming fire. This consuming fire is the Lord. He'll shake everything so that only that which will last for eternity will be left unmoved. This consuming fire is also seeking to do work in the lives of every born-again Christian this morning. We can talk about this. You say, well, preacher, I'm saved. I know I'm going ahead. Boy, I'm on that rock. Okay, but you know what? This consuming fire has something for you and me. He wants to direct us. He wants to guide us. Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. Have you ever been out somewhere and I don't know, maybe you got real muddy or maybe real greasy. You get back to the house and you start to go in the door and the wife goes, I said, what? She said, take it off out there. So your wife do that to you? No, but I know I'm smart enough to know that if I, I need to do it out there. Come in yesterday, I still had grass on me and I was afraid it was going to fall off. And so I went out in the garage. Because I didn't want the grass all over the floor. Because she said, I already vacuumed. Say, what does that mean? If I emptied that grass on the floor, then I've got a vacuum. 
You know what? Sometimes you've got to clean things up before you let it in. This consuming fire is about to purge some things. To clean up the bride. When's the last time you went to a wedding and you see the bride come walking down the aisle and she's got on a white dress, but it's got grease over here and mud over here and, and grape juice stained on up here and, and her hair's all down in her face. And Well, if, if you're from Arkansas, probably have name. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. If you're from Arkansas. <laughs> no, you've never seen that. That bride comes through that door and it's like, man, beautiful white dress, hair fixed just right, just elegant, beautiful. Say, preacher, have you ever seen an ugly bride? Seen a few shaky ones, but never an ugly one. <laughs> She comes down through that aisle. Beautiful. She's took all day getting ready to be presented to the groom. You realize that we are the bride of Christ if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? That, sorry, fellas. You may never get married here, but you're going to be a bride one of these days. <laughs> Man, never a groom, but definitely a bride. Presented unto Jesus Christ. But this consuming fire is going to purify that bride and make sure that she's clean and spotless, without blemish, without spot. That when he stands before the Heavenly Father, he may present her without spot and without blemish, holy. 1 Peter 4, 16, 17 says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And it first begin at us. What shall the end of them be, of them that obey not the gospel of God? He said, listen, he said, God's going to purify the church. He's going to clean her up with that shaking, with that consuming fire. The Lord, the consuming fire will work in our hearts and lives in these last days to purify the bride of uh, the church, uh, the born-again Christians. The fire, you see, gives us light. And a lot of times you get out at night and, and, you, and you might not, uh, you, need, you need something and you don't have a, a flashlight and, and somebody says, I've got a match and you might light a little, little, little make you a little torch and, and light that thing so that you have something to, to, uh, 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 to go by. Or you might have a candle and you light that candle. That fire gives you light. The Lord's going to give us that consuming fire. It's going to give us light on our path to give us understanding what's going on in this shaking and to awaken us for the soon return of Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 11 says, And that knowing that the time that now is, the high, it's high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we may believe. He says, hey, he says, I'm going to be a purifying fire. He says, I'm going to be a, 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 a consuming fire. He says, I'm going to light the path. He said, I want you to see what direction you need to go in these dark days and so that you know how to live and so you know how to be a testimony so that others can see the light and follow you through and be saved. This fire also warms our hearts. In a cold world, it's always, warm, it's always warm when you get up close to the fire. 
You can have gas heat, you can have electric heat, you can have whatever type of heat you want, but boy, there is nothing that will warm you like a good old wood stove with a fire. You get in there, boy, you just back up to that thing. You better not back up too far too long. And it will warm you. Some of you in here know what I'm talking about, that you used to, you didn't have hardly any heat or maybe no heat at all in your bedroom when you was young. But down at the foot of the bed, a lot of times they kept what they call, called a comforter. And if he was at grandma's house, she'd say, now listen, she said, now it's going to be cold up there. And so if you get cold, she says, reach down there and grab that comforter and pull that comforter up over you and it'll keep you warm. Can I tell you, there's a comforter called the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And in this old cold world, man, you need to just reach down and grab a hold of him and pull him up close and warm your heart and warm your life and, and keep you close to him and keep you warm in this cold world. He's a consuming fire. The closer you get to the Lord, the more our hearts will burn for Him. Just as He did with the disciples that were walking on the road of Emmaus after His resurrection there in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way and while He opened to us the Scriptures? They said, man, when we got close to Him and He began to talk to us, man, things began to get warm. Our, our hearts burned within us. Boy, there, there was a warming because of that. Why? Because He's a consuming fire and He wants you to be close to Him. He wants you to have a hot heart for Him and to live for Him. Not a lukewarm heart, not a cold heart, but a, a heart that's on fire for God. Our churches are dead in this day and time. Hey, listen, they're cold and indifferent towards the things of God. There needs to be a stirring in the hearts and lives of, of Christians again to be on fire for the Lord and live for Him. He's consuming fire. Oh, in these cold days, we need to pull that comforter up close. That fire purifies your life, Christian, and heart in a sinful world. We need a consuming fire in our churches today to purify it. How, you know, now we take, if you're going to use a little straight pen or something, you get, a, you get a splinter in your hand or something like that. You take that, you, you take that, that straight pen, and boy, you get in and you start digging, and you dig that, that, that there little thorn out of there. It's not me, preacher. I just let it fester until it pops out chicken. I usually take a pair of... Fingernail clippers and clip down all around it. Then I get a needle and go digging it out. But I remember Grandma, she used to take, go to the old gas stove, turn the gas stove on, take that needle, stick it in that fire. Say, Grandma, what you doing? You're going to burn me. No, I'm purifying that needle. Getting rid of any germs on it. Not me, buddy. I grabbed the alcohol. I don't want that thing being hot. <laughs> and she go to work on that and get that thorn out of there. She purified it. In your life and my life, the Lord wants to purify us. He wants to get the dross out. When they purify silver, when they purify gold, they take that gold and that silver and they melt it down and they put a fire under a raging fire that it gets so hot that it begins to almost boil. And what happens is all the impurities will come to the top. And then they skim off the impurities off the top of that silver or off the top of that gold and get it away. They continue to heat it again and, and, and some more impurities will come and they skim that off. And before long, they've got nothing but pure silver and pure gold. 
The Lord says, listen, he said, I want to purify your hearts. He said, I want to get the dross out. I want to get the sin out. I want to change your life. I want you to live a pure life for me. I want you to live a godly life. I want you to live a, a righteous life. I want you to live a holy life for me. He says, so in, in some of the consuming fire, the shaking that's going to go on in your life is to purify you and to draw you closer to him. It's that refiner's fire. As the Lord cleans us up and sends that old time revival into our, our midst. In Malachi chapter 3 and Verses 1 through 3 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. I looked that up. I, didn't, I don't know much about soap, but there's a what they call a fuller soap. And they used to use that. You, years ago, they talked about fuller soap. But even before that, there was a, a soap that they... A fuller was a person that, that cleaned things. And basically what they did, they had their own uh, uh, mixture of soaps and stuff. And they would, they would take the, the clothes and they would lay them out and they would wash them down with that real good and scrub them real good. And, and they would rinse them off and they would take them out and, and they'd let them dry and they'd bring them back in and they'd scrub them down again with, with another type of soap and they would rinse it off and they'd take it out. And they'd lay it out in the sun and that sun and between the sun and, the, and, and that soap, it would bleach it out and it would be wide as it could be. Remember the days when everybody used to hang their clothes up out on the line? Boy, you had your whites out there. All these ladies out there looking at theirs and looking at somebody else's because they want to make sure everybody's whites were white. Just as clean as they could be. The Lord wants to make us as clean as we can be. So He's going to purify. He is a consuming fire to purify us during these shaking times. Oh, that the Spirit of God would work and move in our hearts and lives, that, that the power of God would rest upon us. Sometimes, the Lord has to send a shaking in our lives, in the church, in the community, in the nation, to get us where we need to be. And lastly, the fire one day will defeat our enemy in a hostile world. Satan will be put down and be cast into a lake of fire forever and ever. And all of his demons and minions will be cast into the lake of fire. So the world will be burned up and we'll be, receive a new one. Revelations 21, he said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's the new heaven. That's the new earth. But he talks about doing away with the enemies of God. He says, but the, in verse 8, he says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Our God is a consuming fire. What a day's coming. A new kingdom that can't be shaken. Christian, we have a salvation that cannot be shaken. We have a Savior that cannot be shaken. We have the Word of God which cannot be shaken, cannot be moved. We have the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within us that is a seal unto the day of redemption that cannot be shaken. Oh, how we need to live for Him. 
this consuming fire. Our God is consuming fire, and He's He's going to start. He's already started the shaking. Christian, we need to draw up close to Him, to that fire today, and get our hearts warm. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you need to come. That shaking you're feeling in your heart and life, it's Him speaking. He's standing and He's knocking at your heart's door. And He wants to come in and be your Lord and Savior. He's shaking that you might come to Him. That one day that you will be unmoved by the things of this world that will be moved by consuming fire. Let's bow. Father, we thank You for loving us. Thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the mercies of God. Thank You for that warming of the consuming fire. Thank You for that purifying to draw us close to You. Thank You, Lord, that You have made uh, that, those things which cannot be moved, the kingdom of God and salvation through Jesus Christ. Lord, let us stand close to You. In these last days that this world might see, Jesus Christ high and lifted up. Have your will and way in this invitation, Lord. If there's somebody here today, they don't know if they was to die, that they go to heaven. They're not sure. Lord, I pray that they'd come. Let's take a Bible and show them how they can know that they're going to heaven. Lord, you told us in 1 John chapter 5, these things have I written unto you that you might know that you have eternal life. It's not a hope so or maybe so. It's not through baptism. It's not through confirmation. It's not through all the, the works of man's hands. It's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Let us receive you today. Have your will and way in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?